fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. I am so honored and privileged to have with me um, this year's Legends 60 to 64 year old champion, Tony Tursky. Tony, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor, my pleasure to have to be on the show, Scott. Yeah, um, it's been so fun having all the champions on. I'm trying to get every single one of them. Yeah. Um, there's a couple I'm having a hard time getting uh, contact information with, but once I figure those out, we'll hopefully have all 14 champions on uh, in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some of them on your uh, Instagram. So yeah, I love, I'm I'm super excited about it. Yeah. So. Um, you've been around the sport for a long time, but I want to go even further back. You're a man who used to sell pizza. <laughs> I did. I owned a little string of a small string, uh, um, line of pizza parlors out here called stadium pizza here in the Temecula Valley. Um, but I've been, I've been in pizza all my life last probably 45 years I've been doing pizza, but yeah, I owned a, uh, a small, uh, line of pizza parlors out here in Temecula since 1988, actually. So how does a how does a kid go from being a, a pizza guy to a man who gets into fitness and owns a couple businesses in the fitness area, and you that all stems from was it healthy pizza? Well, I think our pizza was healthy, but you know, I, <laughs> I, I like I would like I would tell all my uh, my athletes in my gym, eat pizza at moderation, right? But but enjoy it. So, but I, uh, I, I went from the pizza parlors. I kind of got out of pizza about 10 years ago. I started selling off the pizza parlors and got into, got into what I've always wanted to do and be a coach. Um, I have a phys ed major out of Chico state. Um, and I've always wanted to coach. That's all I've ever really uh, loved doing. Even when I was in the pizza parlors, running the, running the restaurants, I felt like I was a coach. Um, so I started selling them off about 10 years ago. Um, and then since then, that's when I jumped into, uh, CrossFit. My wife introduced me to CrossFit and, uh, about 11 years ago, I went out and got my L1 and grabbed one guy and told him I wanted to start coaching him for, for this thing called CrossFit. And, um, that one guy is still in my gym today after all those years. And now we have him and 215 other members in our gym. Well, I was just listening to a podcast today where you were at 180. Yeah. And now you're, now you're, and that was just a year ago and yeah. now you're at 215. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, um, there's been a couple of gyms in the area that have closed down in our Temecula Murrieta area. And, um, they, we had a bunch of them uh, come on over here. And so we added about 30 to 40 of those members in the last actually month and a half, Scott. So <laughs> that's great for business, right? New, new customers coming through the door. But what does that do to your infrastructure and how do you handle that? Well, like I tell everybody, it turned into a business instead of a hobby right away. So <laughs> for, fortunately enough, I've been an entrepreneur and my own business, uh, my own boss, if you will, 
for since 1988. And so it was pretty easy for me. Like I, I'm not able to train as much. I'm not able to do as much um, for myself as far as CrossFit competitions are concerned. Um, Cause I literally have to run this, this gym, my box, like a, like a business. So um, once those other people came in, I noticed I needed a few more bars. I needed some more boxes. I needed some more weights. Um, I needed a baby changing table because a lot of moms came over and um, I put it all in and, and showed the showed my members that I was you know here to do business and and make this place a, a great place for them to be. So I read somewhere th- that your mom put you in sports as a kid and your favorite <laughs> part about being in sports was being on a team. Yeah. So Man, does that translate to then now you're the boss? Of all these coaches, there's this huge opportunity coming through the door, and that means there's opportunity for them and you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I wrote that in my – boy, you did your homework, Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I love it. Um, I was a part of a team, like I, when I played basketball. When I graduated from high school, I was like five foot three. I grew like six inches in college for some reason. I, but I was on the basketball team. There were 13 guys on the team. I was number 13. However, I was voted by the team as a team captain, actually, by the team. So I was pretty honored by that. But I was the little guy. I just wanted to be a part of a team because I kind of felt like I, if I didn't have something to do, I was, I was going to be in trouble. I, I didn't, you know, I came from a broken family. Um, my mom did the best job she could. My dad um, wasn't, wasn't around too much at all. And so I just, I needed guidance. And the, the person that gave that to me was my high school basketball coach, a guy by the name of Tom Orlich, who was one of the top high school basketball coaches in the country. He still, to me, this day is a very good friend of mine after 50 plus years. I actually send him uh, text messages on Father's Day and telling him, thank you very much. And on Christmas, he actually sent me a text this year on Christmas. He beat me to it. So I just wanted to be a part of the team. So did having a mentor like that in high school make you want to be a coach? 100%. I wanted to be just like Coach Orlich, big time. I wanted to influence people. I wanted to uh, lead people. I wanted wanted people to believe what I was doing was um, the right thing. Um, I couldn't... uh, I couldn't have ever, I, like I say, I, I text Coach Orlich every year and tell him thank you for the the man, you know, that he kind of led me to be um, because I I mirror a lot of my coaching this day with, about, with Coach Orlich. So you own this affiliate. You have, I went out on the website, you have lots of coaches <laughs> with lots of credentials. You seem to have like drank the Kool-Aid quick because you have a lot of different certifications yourself. Is it, is it more fun coaching the athletes or coaching the coaches? Oh, the athletes. Oh, I love my athletes. It's more fun coaching the athletes. I love my coaches. My coaches all do a great job, but um, man, I I love my athletes. I have a, a policy when they walk in the door, um, I tell all my coaches, make sure you tell everybody hi. That's one of our first things you'll notice when you walk in our gym. Everybody says hi to you. And if they don't, then um, I let them know it. But uh, I know every 215 of my members, I know their names. 
I touch base with them when they're in the in the gym. I walk around and, and ask questions. Um, so coaching my athletes and watching what they do and, and their accomplishments, that's one thing. But getting to know them and their families and their lives, that's another thing. I, I always tell our coaches, you can coach. You do the best job that you possibly can out there. But this is a service-oriented business. You need to service these people as best as possible. Coach them, care for them, but make sure that uh, this this is your job is to be of service to these to these uh, members. Because if you're not, we're going to lose them. Uh, my co-host Jamie is saying hi in the chat. Uh, she said, "I'm here mid zone two. So sorry to miss what this one, Tony." Oh, hi, Jamie. <laughs> um so i, I this, i'm gonna go to a weird place you, you you come from a broken family and then you have this gym that you make sure you know everybody's name mm -hmm. is is that does that bring together a family for you in in a different way scott this is my family my wife and i work side by side Never, all our life. We just have. We just had our thirty-sixth uh, wedding anniversary. My wife and I have worked together in the pizza parlors. She's right next door at our uh, at our health and wellness studio. Um, this is my family. I have a mom. I have a sister. I have um, nephews and nieces. But um, I spend every day with these with these people. Scott, I come in at 6.30 in the morning, and I leave at 6.30 at night. And I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me because I love what I do. So um, this, is my, this, this is my family, period. So in, in high school, when you're, when you're playing basketball for Coach Arlick, did, is this what you pictured in the future, or did it, did it take a couple curves and end up where it was supposed to be anyway? No, it took it took so many curves along the way. Because um, I, when I was in college, all I wanted to do, like I told you, was be a coach. I wanted to coach basketball. Um, I couldn't pass this this California Basic Educational Skills Test. It was called the CBEST. I couldn't pass it, so I had to leave school. I was done, and I went and worked for some friends for five dollars an hour in the pizza business. And uh, then we moved over to Temecula. Long story short. Um, I just got done with the pizza. I just got tired of the pizza business. And um, I thought, I, I will never tell you I fell in love with CrossFit. Because I didn't. But I fell in love with coaching. I fell in love with being surrounded by a bunch of people that like to do some crazy stuff. And um, I was, once I got into CrossFit, I was good at it. I was older. I, I, I think my first CrossFit um, workout, I know what it was. It was Jerry. Uh, the hero rod, Jerry. Um, and um, that was probably when I was 48, 49. And then I just said, I need to, I want to coach. I, I love, I like the coaches that I was around, but I wanted to teach people what to do because I was kind of getting in the way of my other coaches when I didn't have my L1. I was trying to coach people when I shouldn't have been in classes. So I got in trouble. So my wife's like, you better go out and get your L1 then and do it yourself. So I did. So from, and it's funny you say that because when I was growing up, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Did I, did I think it looked like this? Not at all. Right. But this, this is what I do, right? This is 
all of it. Right. So it just, it, you know, at 50, at 50, I found this and it was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And I'm, my story is the same way. Like I wanted to be a high school college basketball coach, either one of the two. And all of a sudden I'm coaching 215 members and 16 different coaches. And it's exactly what I want to do. It's exactly what I pictured. So you do CrossFit because your wife tells you you're going to be good at it, right? Well, I did CrossFit. She says she knew I could do so. I could do some crazy shit when I was a kid, man. I, I saw somebody walk on their hands. And so I was obsessed. I, I had, I had to try to walk on my hands. Jump roping was never a problem. Um, lifting weights, I never did it, but I'm a coachable guy. You know, I've been in sports all my life. And so I picked it up pretty easy. Um, and so I just, once I jumped in, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessive compulsive when I do stuff still to this day. And so when I jumped into CrossFit, dude, I, I was in, I drank the Kool-Aid. I was in, I wanted to coach. I wanted to, I wanted to do a ring muscle up. I wanted to do everything that they were doing. And I was, I was good at it at the start. And so I had success and, you know, the fun stuff, things were people were telling me I was good at it. People were, um, excited for me um because i could do these i could do these things that people couldn't do i'll never forget my wife's like you got to try a double under i'm like double under she goes yeah you got to pass the rope under your feet twice i'm like that's not hard so she took me outside and i did it and she she was mad at me because i could do it without even practicing <laughs> <laughs> so so you go from athlete to coach well, what made you want to own a gym? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I just I just wanted to coach people. And then, Scott, I'm telling you, the very first person that I coached, Mike Wooten, he is still with me today at, the, at this gym 11 years later. And it just, I had this little small space upstairs on a second story. And I had like 8 to 10 to 12 people. And then it just started getting bigger. I had 30 to 35 people and then like, all right, we got to get out of here because they kicked us out. They gave us, uh, so I rented a space here in Murrieta, uh, 3,600 square foot space. I think I had 35 or 40 people at the time and it just kind of turned into um, a hobby, uh, but I didn't have a lot of people in here. So it was kind of scary. I actually was thinking about having to close up and then um, we've taken on three gyms in the last six years and so once we took on the first one i'm like all right i i can break even now and then we took on another one and like all right i can finally start maybe making this so i can bring a little residual income in and then once we took on the third one it's a, just a full-blown business so i just i just built it up and it was nothing i wanted to walk away from man nothing i don't i don't I, I'll never, I'll never leave this until they kick me out of here. So the old field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Bro, I, I'm not kidding you. I never in a million years imagined I would have 215 members and know and love every one of them. I know it sounds like the, like a cliche type of story, but stop by my gym. You'll see. So you not only own the gym, 
but you also own Everwell Studio, yeah. which I think you yeah. referenced your wife is in right now. Yeah. yeah. And that is, uh, it has an infrared sauna, cold plunge, contrast therapy, compression therapy, um, chiropractic, lash art. Like, I, I can just picture you doing some lash art. <laughs> That's my daughter. <laughs> 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 that's my daughter i had to give my daughter a room my wife made my, my made me give my daughter a room so so if you've been around the crossfit space for a while this most of this makes sense it's a perfect pairing to be right beside a crossfit gym oh, oh. it's amazing we have probably 70 to 80 members in our everwell studio it's separate um it's a separate business from um turn two crossfit uh, you have to walk out the door, walk around uh, about 25, 30 feet, and you can walk right into Everwell Studio. And we have, like you say, we have a full-time chiropractor in there. We have a full-time massage therapist. We have um, two contrast rooms where it has infrared sa uh, sauna and the cold plunge. We have two private rooms for that. And then we have two separate tubs out front for a cold plunge. And we have a separate infrared sauna if you just want to do infrared sauna. And we have compression therapy, two chairs with a Normatec compression therapy. And that thing, that place is open from five o'clock in the morning till 630 at night. Our members, some of our members can just come in there and do it on their own. They know how to turn it on. They know how to cold plunge. They know how to replace their towels. Yeah, it's something that we've had. We're just inside of a year on that. But it's been a, uh, it's been a dream of ours for uh, quite some time. They are our, our chiropractor, Ashley Fiala, um, Dr. Ashley, she's, uh, she does all the competitions with me. We travel all over the United States together, um, her and her daughter and her husband and my wife. Um, she's our chiropractor. She was the one that had this dr dream and vision when she went to school about three years ago and we made it happen. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Um, but was seeing you, I, you're kind of, you're that rough and gruff kind of athletic guy. And then you see like the pictures of the, the, uh, the studio and it's very not Tony-ish. That's my wife. Right. <laughs> it doesn't need to be me. I don't, I don't decorate anything. <laughs> yeah. So, the, but great, great stuff there. Thanks man. So you, you're doing this CrossFit thing. At what point did you say to yourself, man, I could, I could compete at some of the higher levels. Mm. Well, I think I, my first one I did was in 2011. And then um, I, I, I noticed that I don't know if they had a master's. I can't remember what the master, I think it was in 2011. I might've been my first one I competed in. Um, but I think I got hurt. So I couldn't post all my scores. And then 2012 or 13, I think I just kind of played around with that. I can't really recall because I made the games in 2014 was my first year. But I started to realize, I think that's when they kind of started getting like uh, 50 to 54 instead of like, I can't remember what they had because I was in the 50 to 54s when I made it my first year. Um, but I could do all the, like I said, I could do all the, the things that they were doing. And I was pretty good at them. And so I kind of put my hat in the ring. And on 2014, I thought there was no chance I would make the games. And I competed at that level. And um, lo and behold, I, I qualified 11th that year. And man, let me tell you, 
when I found out I qualified, holy cow, I cried like a baby. Couldn't, I could not believe I made it because I knew it was a big deal. <clears throat> so then you go back in 2016. Yeah, 2015, I missed it because I couldn't snatch. And if you look up any of my stats, you're going to see that this guy can walk on his hands and do double unders, but I'm not a very strong overhead guy. I just, just not, I just don't lift a lot of weights. I don't, I don't push a lot of um, shit over my head, but I can stay with it a little bit. So 2015, I realized I'm like, I, if I could have snatched 175, I would have been in the top four that year, but I couldn't. And so then 2016, I went and got stronger and, um, and tried to, to develop a little bit of strength. And then I made it back in 2016, but I, uh, tore my bicep tendon a week before the, uh, games, um, on the rings and still went to the games, but I finished like 14th or 16th, I think. Yep, 16th on that year. Yeah. So that, that brings us to the big injury. And that that becomes a very pivotal moment in your career. It does. And you made a decision that year between 16 and 17 after that injury. Can you briefly tell us what what that decision was? Yeah, that decision was um, um, I, I went ahead and I used the old adage, everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? Um, and I started doing um, testosterone replacement therapy. Um, through a doctor here in um, Temecula, Murrieta. And um, uh, I, like I say, I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing it. I knew I wasn't supposed to be, um, uh, I knew it was illegal. I knew um, it was um, something I shouldn't have been doing and competing. And But I did it. And um, in 2017, I made it back to the games. And I was also prescribed uh, what's, um, it's a, called an estrogen blocker, anestrozole. And um, when I went to the games in 2017, I took seven, I took second place that year and uh, took the, uh, uh, we got, we got uh, piss tested and I failed the test and was banned for four years after the 2017 games. Um, never hid behind it. Never tried to tell anybody I didn't do it. Never blamed it on anybody. Um, no tainted substances. Uh, I was told um, by some real close members here that uh, get out in front of this thing, man. And that's what I did right away. So I listened to a podcast um, with the Taylor Hooten Foundation. Yeah. And you go into detail. And if anybody wants to hear the, the full story, please go there and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good podcast. Uh, and you go into detail about everything, but there's a couple things I wanted to ask you about. And one, you, you immediately, when you tested positive, you sent a letter to every, all 19 of your competitors. Yes. Apologizing for what you did. Yep. What was the feedback from the competitors when they received those letters? From what I remember, it was a little foggy back then because it was so, my gosh, you want to talk about standing on the edge of a cliff, Scotty. Whew. Um, I received probably 14 or 15 responses from them, and uh, they were all within um, 
there were um, kind responses. I didn't receive any that were uh, of ill um, sayings or words. Um, everybody um, said that, you know, they apologize. Uh, they were sorry for me. Um, and um, hopefully that I come back, you know, in, in a few more years when my ban is up. But uh, it was what I needed to do for my, my therapy, if you will, um, is to send that out right away. I mean, I, I sent my medal. I sent my, sh my second place shirt to uh, Boschhoven. And you sent that to him directly. You didn't go through CrossFit. No. You, got that. you sent it to him directly so he would get it as quickly directly. as possible. I, I actually had his uh, phone number or his email. And I said, hey, man, give me your, your address. Um, I sent it out the next day. And it was kind of kind of funny because CrossFit um, sent me a, a, an apology kind of email saying, hey, sorry to, to have to do this uh, with your situation. There was, uh, I received a lot of very good support from, from CrossFit also. They were, uh, they're, you know, they were great. They, they felt terrible for me and they were very sympathetic, but a rule's a rule. But uh, I sent that out to Boschhoven and CrossFit about a week later, asked for me to send the medal back to them. And I told him I already sent it to Boschhoven. It's already, he's already has it. So yeah, Robert, Robert got it within two or three days, the medal and the shirt that I never wore. So the one thing I do want to point out, you did TRT yes. and it, and it is, it is completely legal other than that you were a competitor. Yes, sir. And it is something that is very typical in older men. And you were actually suffering symptoms that are typical of low T around all this at the same time. Yes. All of it. Still. Uh, yeah. Well, who almost said what I didn't want to say, but I still am. Um, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't do, you can test me anytime you want. I'm never going to, Mm -mm. I'm 62 going on 63 in July or next summer. And there are still things that, uh, that are, are affected, um, by that. Um, so, um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing what I can do to, uh, try to live this CrossFit life because I'm not going to do anything that, um, put my, my, myself in jeopardy again, and I won't. So yes, but it is legal. And I do have members that do it that don't compete because it's out there, Scott. I mean, it's I have people ask me about it a lot. And if that's for them, I, I recommend that they go do it because there's nothing wrong with it other than if you're going to compete at the level that I've been fortunate enough to compete at. Do you think there's ever a day, especially in a, in a sport that has masters that goes all the way to 65 plus that that there can be some kind of oversight on some therapy so men can live a normal life and still compete? Or do you think that the, the open opening up that gate is just opening up that gate too big? That's what I think. I think it is. I, I've, I've kind of thought to myself, cause I've had this discussion a million times with people about Tony, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I did. I, I competed against people that um, weren't doing it. So I did do something wrong. I thought about it. If, if CrossFit were to say, yeah, you know, you can go ahead and do it. Um, I think it's opening up 
Pandora's box, if you will. I just don't think that they can let that go and let that happen without having so many problems in the CrossFit world. I think um, I think it would be more trouble for them than it than it's worth. Even at sixty to sixty-five, I mean, where does it stop? If you're going to let people do it in the games um, and that competitions, where does it stop? And now everybody's, you know, I don't want to do it because I don't have to. Well, I know he's doing it, but he's telling me he's not. I just think it's 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 going to be too tough for CrossFit to do that. And I I support the fact that they don't. So your ban was up in 2021. Yeah. So you served, you served your band from 18, 19, 20, and 21. Right. Four years. You come back in 22 as a clean athlete. Yes, sir. What, what, what response did you get at your first competition back from the community, your competitors? When I went to the games back in 22 in Madison, I was so scared that everybody was going to know who I was in my age group. Every single guy in my age group knew who I was and knew my past. Nobody else did. And they, if they did, nobody said anything to me. Um, you know, I did my four years. I never stood behind anything and tried to say I didn't do anything. My competitors, cause this was the year that there are only 10 of us. And so um, just about every one of my competitors, I knew them all through name, um, through competing against them. Um, I had no problems whatsoever. Everybody was very supportive of me being there. And um, those guys are, those guys are the shit, man. Those guys are, I love them. And I compete against like the Wilsons and the families and the uh, Aikens, Shannon Aiken. Um, those guys all stood right by my side and accepted me back. It was it was amazing. McCarty's. I mean, there were some guys that I knew. Like I'll I'll give you an example. If you you probably know the name Will Powell, right? Yep. And everybody know, knows Will Powell. One of the the I mean the Hall of Fame of the sixty or fifty to plus guys been in the games. I think he made it nine years in a row. He was one of the guys that I remember that never responded to my email. And so he was one of the very first guys that I walked up to and told him I was sorry. Gave me a hug. And you just that move on. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> he is a, uh, excuse me. Will's a super religious guy. So it was good. Yeah. We were good. That, that had like getting getting that those first couple hours just out of the way when you returned to the games in 22 had to be such a load off. God, it was, you, 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 you can't even imagine. I was so, I told my wife, I was so scared to go because it's okay. If you still believe what you believe, it's okay to, to believe if you think I'm still doing something, I'm okay with that. But just, you know, be able to talk to me, be able to tell me, and I'll give you my story. If you don't, you know, if you don't believe me and if you don't trust me, um, then you don't know me. I I'll, I just want to talk to you. And just and if you have something, I told all these people, these guys, if you have something to say, I'm right here. Go say it to me, please, because I want you to get it off your chest. I don't want you to think I'm a bad guy. 
I don't. And, and um, man, I had nothing but support, nothing but support. I did another, uh, another podcast that's called the master's chatter. You ever heard of that, Scott? Sure have. With Jen and and those guys. And they uh, interviewed me last year after the master's fitness collective. I won and I had the same type of um, interview with them and told them the story also. And there, I, I, I know them to this day. Actually, I'm going to do a, a podcast with them um, on the master's chatter here on their next one. I'm super excited too. Yeah. So Jamie's actually asking a question and I think we left this part out. I guess Hiller has made statements that you can do TRT and still not get flagged as long as you're not blasting it. Right. Like yep. you can do that. But when you tested positive, it wasn't for the testosterone. No, it was for the estrogen blocker. Mm -hmm. And estrozole. Yes. Yeah. And Jamie's so right. And, and you can literally do TRT because what it is, people don't know, we're given a range. All of us have a testosterone range as we get older. And let's say 60 to 60, or the 60 year olds have a range, I think it's somewhere like 225 to like 900. And so if you fall inside that 220 to 900, to my knowledge, CrossFit, there's nothing that really they're going to be able to do because you're not going to get flagged for anything. The estrogen blockers are. Now, if you go over 900, then I believe, again, I don't want to speak out of turn, Hillard. I've watched Hillard all the time. If you go over 900, then they test your B sample. And if that is also over, then you get, um, you can, you can get um, a pop for, um, what's it called? Uh, I just had it. Outside, sorry, I can't remember the, I can't remember the term, but, um, I, oh, it, endogenous or androgynous, dang it, I can't remember the word, but an outside source of testosterone. Androgynous, that's what it is. Yeah, I'm no good at all of that stuff. I leave that up to Hiller and the yeah. people who do all that research. Um, I've, talked I've talked to Hiller myself about it. But I do, but I did leave out earlier that the, the est what was it called? The estrogen blocker was called what? Anestrozole. Anestrozole. And that's what you tested positive for. Yes. Anestrozole is a, is a, um, a hormone for uh, uh, women and uh, breast cancer. Yeah. And you fully admitted, and I'm not, I wasn't leaving out like a secret for the people in the chat. Um, yes. Tony, Tony has admitted this on every podcast, everything that's been put out since 2017. So I'm not, I'm not like exposing a secret here or anything. Nope, not at all. He, and I told not, you when our, when we talked earlier, you can ask me anything, my brother. Yeah. Um, so I want to move on to this year's legends. Yeah. Um, you, and I think one of the persons, Kenneth in the chat said the testosterone thing is androgynous. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. I couldn't think of it. Androgynous. Yeah. Um, you you come to the games in 23. You don't do as well as you did in 22, right? Yeah, 22 I actually took second. And 23 took fourth. Still a great performance. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was literally one and, one and a half seconds from being on the podium. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, it was close. And then you come to Legends, which is one of the premier Masters competitions there are in the country. Right. I mean, they had over 500 athletes there this year. Um, beautiful facility. Um, a lot of competition. You start off the week with a bang and then a little bit of a flutter. Yeah. But then you end like a house on fire. <laughs> so, so go ahead. You start with swim. Apparently you're good at that. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm from South Tahoe High School. We don't have a. We never had a pool. I went to my mom would send me in summertime to my dad's in Las Vegas, and we had an apartment there. And all we did was swim. So, evidently, I can swim, Scott. In the uh, in the 2022 games, they had a swim event. Do you remember that? The uh, swim and ski erg. Yep. And I I took first in that, and for some reason. I can swim. So uh, the swimming events, I love them. But put me out on a run, and I am no good. Hence the 2023 5K. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So then you go to Under Pressure, which is a lifting event that you've admitted earlier in this podcast that is not your thing. There's a clean and jerk and a snatch, both overhead, not your strong suit. No, no. And, 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 no, I was, and when I went to Legends, I was hurt. I have um, a torn calf, torn right calf, and some and shin splints on my left. So I wasn't jumping, I wasn't able to run, and I wasn't able to lift anything hardly over my head going into that event. I didn't think I would even finish the 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 competition at all because how bad my calf was. Wow. Yeah. Then you go to Hell's Bells, which is the um, the grip event where if you let go, you had to do devil's press. Huh. Were you able to go unbroken? I was. And you should have seen all 20 of us were like asking these. Cause when you're 60 years old, you like, we all talk to each other. We don't, we don't hold secrets. Like we like, Hey, do you think you're going to hold on to this dumbbell, these dumbbells for the entire 240 feet? And everybody's like, hell no, I'm not going to be able to hold on to those things. No way. Every single one of us held on to them. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody so, wants no, to do I, that. I went unbroken. Um, yeah, on the whole thing. Yep. And you but ended I up did. taking third so in I, that event. Yeah, which was way better than I thought. Way better. So it's a little bit of your comeback. Then the jump, which you just admitted you have a torn calf. Yeah. Typically healthy, would that event have gone better for you? I would have chased down Wilson and he knows it if he's watching this. <laughs> Uh, that that right there was like my jam. I'm not the greatest rope climber because I'm not a, a very tall guy and big guy, but that was my jam. I mean, that double under crossover, that's everything that I love doing. I had 60 double unders, not a problem, but I, I kept breaking up the double unders. I had to literally do the crossovers one-legged with my left leg only. And then I like the second half, I was able to put both feet down but um yeah i think i took ninth in that one so it was just a little bit of a damage control i think i took ninth in that one um right do you have that uh yeah it was ninth yeah and so you said you did one-legged crossovers yeah, shouldn't the first... you win spirit of the games for that what's that shouldn't you win spirit of the games for that <laughs> yeah right 
<laughs> Me and Roman. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Mike. I, that's, I'm still bitter about that. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I feel bad for him. Well, and this is way off topic, but I was there for all the Masters events. Yeah. There were Masters athletes at the end of that, there on the last event. It was jump rope, correct? The last last event of which one? Oh, of yeah. the games. The there last were, event of the games. Or next, it, there were one of the events anyway. There was jump rope. I saw no less than five athletes going one legged because they hurt one leg or another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for someone to be elevated to spirit of the games when the master's athletes and hell, the adaptive athletes, some of them only had one leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just seemed a bit much, but I, that's, that's my little riff again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, Jamie says, I love the older groups. They do so much. They share, do share so much. Jim, who Jim Peeper, she coaches, uh, is always chatting. Absolutely. Hi, Jamie. Man, now I know exactly who Jamie is. Yes. Um, Jim Peeper is like uh, amazing. And we, again, we all share everything. Are you going to do this? How much are you going to lift? Like we tell each other everything. Yeah. I can't even tell you. I'm like every time, every, every, every single one, there's uh pulse mail. Um, all those guys out there, Wilson, Brandy Lane, we all just like, Hey, what are you going to do in this one? Do you able to, how much are you going to be able to lift? You, can you walk on your hands? Can you? They're all very honest. So I lost you for just a brief second. Uh, you were, you mentioned some names and then that they share and then you kind of blurted, blurped out a little bit. No, I was just saying that, if, you know, we all ask, can you walk on your hands? Can you swim? And, and then we're all pretty honest about like what we can do. Like, nah, I can't swim. I'm a terrible swimmer or I can only snatch like 115 or 135 or I'm hurt. Or yeah, we all just kind of share. Jamie's right. We, we share everything. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, Jamie was a champion as well. She was 40 to 44 year old champion at legends herself. So coaching Jim. Yes. Yeah. 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 Congratulations, Jamie. And then once you finish jump, you come back Saturday morning and then you finish no lower than second on any event on the last four. Right. So enter Sandman. That's the bar muscle up, uh, clean and jerk clean and snatch. So yeah. Interesting, interesting story on that one. Because, you know, we're 60 and, and Bob and, and, and Joe are really, I would consider them good friends of mine. And I can speak with them because I've been doing legends for five years. Um, I've won legends three times and took second one time and didn't do anything another time. So I've been with those guys for years. But when that workout came out, I pulled Bob aside and I'm like, dude, you need to let us do muscle ups. And I don't know if he didn't say he was going to change it because of me, but I, I, I go, we need to, the, the, the sport is evolving so fast and us 60 year olds need to go out there and be able to show off our skills. We can do muscle ups, not just chest bar. Plus I told him there's such a disparity with four chest bars and then we're lifting weights that there needs to be a separator. And this is what I talked to Bob. Bob was like an open book. 
he's like, Tony, we messed up. No big deal. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll try to fix this or, or maybe next time, you know, he kind of said in his words, we shit the bed. We'll do, you know, I don't know what I can do. Nothing I can do. But I said, I, I told him, I appreciate him talking to me, but these people need to see that us 60 year old guys can do muscle ups. And so, yeah, as you know, if you remember the, the format, it was all 60 year olds were just chest to bars, right? Later on that day, he did change it to the last round of bar muscle ups. I'm hoping I'm not getting anybody in trouble. I'm just being honest. Um, but Bob changed that. And I don't know if it's because of I talked to him or somebody else did, but we got to do bar muscle ups. So Jamie said, yeah, I loved how it ended with it. Show it off if you've got it. That's what I, and I, that's what I told Bob. I said, Bob, we can do this. And if I'm not mistaken, Scott, and Jamie, I'm not quite sure if you saw us 60-year-olds. I believe there were, out of the 19 guys, because one guy had to drop out, out of the 19 guys, if I'm not mistaken, Scott, there were 13 to 16 of us that could do bar muscle-ups, and I think there were more. I think about just about every single guy could do a bar muscle up. I'll give you an example. The guy I think that won that, because I took second in that one, Scott. Uh, second. Yep. Yeah. The guy that won that, if you look, he didn't have, he's, he was 64 and his name is, um, if you have it there, help me out. I don't, I wish I did. He's 64 and he won that. And he's, he was all, and he literally, I think, I think he took like uh, second to last in the entire competition, but that was his time to shine. Yeah. You know, he, he took literally 19th place in that competition, I think. And yet he took a first place in that. And he was so proud of that, that he got to do that and take a first place. And so that was kind of my example indirectly to Bob was like, we got to, we got to get to show off, man. We can do this stuff. So a couple things, Jamie says, I think he realized a few things that weekend and was quite open about it. He was. Bob and Joe are awesome, man. They're, they're open to hearing uh, what we have to say. And I was kind of speaking for, uh, for all the guys. I'm kind of a, you know, one of the veterans out there. I've been around legends for a long time, been around the games. And so I, I, I took the opportunity to talk to Bob and yeah, Jamie's right. It was, it was, it was good for us to show off. It was fun. What, uh, just from a personal experience, so I have a girl in Nebraska who makes the leaderboard posts on Instagram for us whenever we're at an event. So for Legends, every event she put out top fives for every division, even scaled, even team, like everybody got a leaderboard. I saw it. So many people shared that, that, that had that exact case where like, they finished twentieth for the weekend, but they won an event. Yeah, and like they wanted all their friends and family to know that they had a highlight that weekend. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. It's it a, is. It's a big deal. If you take a top three in one of those events, it's a big deal. We're all proud of what we do and what we can do out there. I wish I could remember this guy's name, Scott, because I know who it is. I just can't think of his name because I want to give him a shout out. He is a he is a super cool guy too. Super yeah. good guy. So <laughs> I will look it up. Yeah, um, yeah. Once I ask you about the next cup. So you have another one bites the dust. 
Yeah. This is where things get a real confused in my head as to what the events were. Okay. So, so another one bites the dust was I can, I can help you out with it. I remember it. Okay. Go ahead. I'm pretty, cause I remember right where I was in the staging area when it happened. I'm pretty sure that another one bites the dust was the, uh, Squat cleans and handstand walks. That's it. Yep. Okay. Squat cleans and handstand walks. And, you know, there they give us some handstand walks. I thought we should have got to walk a little further. However, the fourth and the fifth round, they let us walk 20 feet. And so, again, of course, I'm, I'm biased, but we're going to lift, you know, we're squat cleaning 135. Not a heavy weight for a lot of, you know, lifters, but for me, it's, it's right there. You know, it's, 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 I think we did five feet handstand walk, two squat cleans at 135, 10 foot four, 15 foot six, 20 feet eight, 20 feet 10. Um, that was the workout. And so, yeah. So, and I first. think that was the only one that I might have been one of the only ones that finished that. Was I first in that one? You were definitely first. Yeah. Well, it's walking on your hands. It's what you do. Oh, I've been doing it for 50 years. <laughs> so the name you were looking for was Brett Kurihara. He took, he, he was, he took first in that one. Yep. Okay. And so he wasn't in 19th place. He wasn't in nope. 19th place. But 19th yeah. place took third. Okay. That was, was his Bruce name. Mar Bruce Marco. Bruce Marco. You guys remember that name, Bruce Marco, because He's going to be around and he is super excited about being 65 <laughs> just because he gets to compete against it at 65. He told me that he goes, you wait next year. I'm going to be 65. I knew that. I knew he had a good event that one. Yeah. Yeah. He, Thanks. he took third right behind you. Yep. Then you, you go into the last day and it's the back to back and everybody I've talked to said, you kind of look at it and you're like, which one do I want to go all in for and which one do I want to, do it either tired or paced. Did you have that same attitude or did, cause you took a first and a second. That workout was so hard. So if you look back on this workout and, and you know, I'm sure Bob's and, and Joe have heard it. We squatted a lot. We dumbbell squat cleaned, cleaned, we squat cleaned. And then all of a sudden we turn around. Now we've got to thruster goblet or goblet squat. Oh, that too. Yeah. Right. Now we have to gobble squat and then some more squatting with thrusters. So when they put us out on the floor, I was in lane number 10. Now, if you put 20 of us out there, I would be in the middle, right? But they had one through 10 and then they started 11 at the other end through 20. So nobody knew who was in first place unless the announcer said something. Second place was clear across the floor so i couldn't keep track of him and he couldn't keep track of me it was wilson however third place was right in front of me um i can't remember his name but third place was right in front of me tim, tim it, haynes tim haynes nobody knew who tim haynes was by the way this guy was an amazing athlete and nobody knew who he was the the set the third day he was in second place, Scott. And I was like, hey, you guys, who's, who's Tim Haynes? I asked four people and none of them knew who Tim Haynes was. I'm like, you guys, 
he's in second place and none of us know who he is. And he finished one point out a second for the weekend. Yes. yes. So he was in front of me at the last workout, but he had his back to me. So he couldn't see me, but I could see him. So all I did the entire time was stayed with him. That's all I did. I, I, it was almost, it was a fair advantage because I was in first place. So I was, I, you know, I should have been able to, but it was almost an unfair advantage to him and Wilson not to be able to see where I was because all I did the whole time was watch Haynes and I just stayed with him. And then in the last 30 second on the goblet squats, he kind of slowed down and I just busted out seven as fast as I could. And he only got five. So I beat him by two. And right then I'm like, I'm in pretty good shape now because I don't know what Wilson did, but Wilson was a little bit behind me. And I thought maybe, thought maybe I could beat Brian in that first one. He's a little bit tall. He's a lot taller athlete than I am. So those, uh, those goblet squats, he had a long, long ways to go on those goblet squats. Only go as fast as you need to. Yeah. And then on the last part, um, again, I just, I went out as fast as I could. I tried to, again, I got to watch Haynes in front of me. I just stayed with him. And it was the most awful three minutes you could even imagine. And I think I got like eight burpees and he got like seven or something like that. And yeah. And oh, here's another example of a guy. Look up Mark Anderson who won that event, Scott. Okay. He was literally one of two people, I think, in the entire competition that finished that workout. <laughs> yeah, I know not many people did. Actually, it says on the leaderboard he got capped. Um, uh, Mark Anderson did. Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody finished that in our group. He is listed as the winner with a oh, score of count. Oh, okay. Shoot. Speaking out of turn. But he came, it looks like he came really close. Oh, okay. Dang it. I thought he finished that thing. Okay. I stand corrected. Yeah, because it was it was 50 thrusters, right? Yep. And how many, how many um and you had to finish up with burpees? Yep. 20 yeah. burpees or something like that. Yeah. Bloody <laughs> Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh yeah. I thought somebody, I thought he finished it. Mark Anderson finished, but he finished first 67. I can't remember. So he got 17 burpees. Yeah. Sal so got you 17. Yeah. But so uh, again, he finished he ninth overall. Someone hmm? in Grubbs group did finish, but maybe okay. one or two all day. All day. I told I told everybody that is the darkest place I had gone to, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I have I have not gone I have not gone there. I can't even remember the last time I went to that level where I laid on the ground and was hurting. That's so you end the weekend. You end the weekend as a champ. Yes, sir. Yes. What does that mean to you to win a major competition in, in a career where you, you had to sit out for a while? Yeah. Like, and so only, so you can only appreciate it more right now that you get the opportunity and you win. 
it 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 was amazing last year when i competed at legends in um, tennessee brian wilson took first and i took second he crushed it and then this year i got to stand up there and wilson took second and it was totally cool to stand up there with this guy i mean if you know brian wilson this guy is a amazing athlete and just a crazy great human being so to know that um i got him um i was proud but to be able to represent the 60 year olds at legends and stand on that podium my friend i i it was it was an honor and joe and bob um um they do a great job and i was very proud to represent the 60 year olds um as the champion i'll tell you it was a big deal for me big deal so i'm going to finish up with this one big question and that is next year the games are being taken over by legends yeah yeah right you've yep. speaking yep. you spoke about bob and joe throughout this podcast are the masters in the right hands oh without a doubt uh I called this last year. I told one of my athletes here. I said, you mark my word. You mark my word. This year that I'm making the games will be the last year the game, the CrossFit will have the games. She didn't believe me. And I didn't know anything. It just seems like it was going that way. You know, every year after the games, Scott, you could just hear us all complaining. I mean, the CrossFit knows it. I'm not, there's no secrets. We all just complained about no the coverage and and i'm i was there it's not that they were doing anything wrong but you know we weren't the show that's for sure um so i think this year with bob and joe you know this is gonna we're gonna be the show we're gonna be you know we're gonna be the ones that people are there to see i think they have their hands full oh boy and i know crossfit's gonna help them in some way um as i've been what i've been told but um I like the field. I wasn't a big proponent of the of the of the larger fields, but I'm kind of I'm kind of coming around on it. Um, I think 20 guys in our in our category. I think that's high, but I think I think you're still going to get 20 good guys out there. Um, it's not going to be like 10. It's really hard to make 10, and um, you know it's not going to be obviously as hard, if you will, to make 20, but I like the format. I think Joe and Bob, I don't know where it's going to be. I wish we would, I wish we would know. I mean, so we can set up some, some, uh, some facilities or find out where we're, what we need to do. Right. And that's the only part right now that I'm a little bit cloudy about and would tell Bob and Joe, we need an announcement. <laughs> we need to know where we're going. We need a date. Um, so we can start taking care of our, our, some of our, our um, things that we need to do in case we make it. Speaking to both of them, I think they want to make an announcement more than anything, but they just can't. Oh, I got you. See, and that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I'm sure. There's something going I, on that I don't know. Yeah. I honestly believe at this point they don't they don't have a signed contract with a location. Uh, oh, I got you. Sure. Right. I've not been told that. I, that's just the, the feeling I get that yeah, there's just yeah. little I's and T's that need finished up. 
uh, before it's finalized. So you can't yeah. make the announcement until there's a signed deal. Yeah, well, that makes sense, Scott. I mean, you you you're way more privy to this information or any information than I am. I'm just that's just my guess. I really liked um, the venue we were just at. I really did. I enjoyed that venue uh, and at ASU a ton, and um, I I'd, I'd love to go back there. And I I don't know where it's going to be though, or dates. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be there. Yeah. I know Legends, December Legends is going back there oh, again. Okay. So um, you'll get to go back there then. But I think my only advice about ASU was make sure the finish line is away from the chaos. As a spectator and someone covering the sport, there were too many times where like you were on that upper upper playing field and it ended like at the windows and that's where everybody was. And you couldn't tell who finished first, second or third. Yeah. yeah. There was some, like, if, you, if you finish coming out of the chaos, then the spectator sees who's first, who's second, who's third. And it makes, it makes it more compelling watching. Yeah, totally. It, well, in, in the same event, the last event, Sunday, bloody Sunday, nobody knew mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, nobody, nobody knew anything, and that's where that's where it was kind of tough because that floor layout. And I would tell Bob and Joe if they were standing here, that floor layout. Nobody knew who was who was what. First, and that's that's the one thing that the games does better than anybody. Yeah, you yeah. always see a finish line. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You always and there, someone that you have to run through it. Yeah. To yeah. get to it, right? Because you're running away from wherever the chaos is on the field. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, there were a few things. They were, they, they were really, space orientation there was a little bit tough for them with with this biggest field as they had. Yeah. You put, you put 20 people on that top section up there doing squat cleans and handstand walks. Woo! <laughs> that was tight. It was there were moments I'm sitting there with my camera going, we're going to have a traffic accident on the, on the 95 here. Yeah. Those squat cleans for some of those, I mean, some of those ladies, those squat cleans in the 45 to 49 age group, um, that was 155. They had, cause that's where my athlete, Ashley Fiala, she took six. Um, she, um, she said that I think there were like nine or six to nine women that couldn't even do 155. And so, but they were trying, right? And that's pretty tough if you fail and and yeah. and fall back and fall backwards, right? Yeah, that one fifty five was heavy yeah. for for some athletes. Uh, you know, I'm I'm close with Jamie. I was watching her compete. That's heavy for her. She can do it, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. like that's going to be where she slows down. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's same thing with my athlete. Same thing with my athlete. She did well on it. Cause she can walk on her hands. She's a total gymnast. She, she, you know, she went unbroken the whole way on her hands, but that one fifty five, that was heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, yeah. it has been more than a pleasure today. Uh, you are one of my favorite guests of all time. Uh, <laughs> I just love like chatting with you and, uh, we're going to have to have you back on again and again. Uh, I, going through the season. I appreciate it, man. I, I love the CrossFit community. I, I 
I'm, I love what I do. Um, and when I, I mean, I, I brag to everybody, I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast with Clydesdale media. And I am so excited <laughs> to be on this show. I, you know, I went and did my homework and looked at what you did and um, thank you for letting me share my story again. It's a big deal to me, man. I just, uh, this is what I love to do. Yeah. Well, good luck on next season. Uh, we'll be in touch. I have your contact information now and, uh, we'll make sure to get you back on here in the coming months as we get into the CrossFit game season. All right, brother. Shout out to you and your, uh, your fan base and every, all your followers. And, um, can't tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity, Scott. Well, thank you. And everybody in the chat, thank you for being here. We love you all. We will see you next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C4Energy.com. That's C4Energy.com. And now back to the interview.